A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all of the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we are continuing our series called The Big Picture by asking a very big question. The question is, what is the church? We've talked about God, we've talked about creation, we've talked about covenants, and last week talked about Christ. Today we ask the question, what is the church? And to answer such a big question, the best place to go is back to the beginning. What do we know about the church in its earliest manifestation, the earliest recorded history of the church? We read it today in our scripture passage from Acts chapter 2. The way that the early church is described in the Bible is that they gathered, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Let's take a look at this definition of the church, what they did in order to try and answer our question, what is the church? The first thing the Bible tells us is that they gathered to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. Well, what was it that the apostles were teaching? This is an important point, church. Sometimes when we hear the word teaching, we immediately go into an academic mindset as if the apostles were simply trying to teach people about Jesus, but that's not the case. The apostles knew Christ. They walked with him, learned from him. They experienced his death and his resurrection. The apostles weren't trying to engage in an academic endeavor. The apostles were trying to introduce people to Jesus. Not to learn about him, but to get to know him. The apostles' teaching was designed, manifest in such a way that people could then follow Christ. Then we might say to ourselves, man, that's a tremendous gift that people in the first century could follow the example of the apostles' teaching. I wish we could still do that, but we can. About 300 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the church set about the process of canonizing or deciding what books were going to go into the New Testament and what books wouldn't. And they used a fairly rigorous, almost scientific process. Every book had to meet three criteria. Every book had to be universally accepted across the whole church. Every book had to have adherence to something called the rule of faith, the precursor of the Apostles' Creed. In other words, it had to meet the basic theological standards of the church. But there was a third criteria. Every book in the New Testament had to have what's called apostolic connection, either having been written by or dictated by an apostle. Said differently, when we read the New Testament today, we are reading the words, the teachings of the apostles. We are devoting ourselves 
to the apostles' teaching, and it is not an academic endeavor. It is in an effort to follow Jesus. So here's the first thing we learn in our pursuit of what is the church. The church is a group of people who follow Jesus. It's pretty simple. But that's not where the reflection in Acts 2 ends. It also says they gathered for the apostles to, to observe the apostles' teaching, but also for fellowship. I can't tell you how many times throughout the course of my career I've had people come to me and say, this thing that we're doing over here, this thing is, it's not missional. It's just, it's just people being together. Yeah, that's, that's true. Sometimes, sometimes there are those moments in the church where we simply spend time together as a body, living life together. My friends, that isn't just okay. It's encouraged. When the first church was described, fellowship was listed as the second thing that they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. To be the church of Christ means we are in relationship, not only with God, but with one another. And how do we do that well? Well, I've talked about this with you before, but just as a quick reminder, I think one way to engage in the importance of Christian relationship in our lives is to recognize that we need three different but important types of relationships in our lives. That all of us need a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. A Paul that helps pour into us and lead us along our spiritual journey. A Barnabas that walks beside us, a friend. And a Timothy, someone that we can pour into and invest in. A mentor, a mentee, and a friend. So who is it in your life that's pouring into you? Who is it that you're pouring into? And who, who's walking beside you on the journey? There are such blessings and some real challenges that come with living the life of faith and everyone out there doesn't always understand. But we do. And so God has given us the gift of one another to rejoice with one another, to weep with one another, pray for one another. And we need this now as much as ever. I'm seeing this firsthand. My own small group, we have, we have more people engaged in that small group now than we've ever had before. Simply having connection, that fellowship, it's life-giving. The early church lived life together. So what then is the church? The church is a people who follow Jesus together. It's not a solo enterprise. We do it together in the context of community. The third thing that we hear about the early church is they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They gathered for fellowship, but also that they gave themselves over to the breaking of bread. Now, we can understand the breaking of bread in a couple of different ways. One, we could talk about it in terms of, of simply sharing a meal together. And there's a cultural richness to that when we share meals. We, we all know that. There's something beautiful about having a meal with someone. It, it develops that connection and that relationship, going back to the point about fellowship a moment ago. But there's another way to think about the breaking of bread. We could also think of the breaking of bread as sacramental language, that the breaking of bread indicates the sharing in communion that the early church participated in, following Jesus' command to do this in remembrance of him. In fact, <clears throat> one of the ways that 
the church describes the sacraments of baptism and communion is to talk about them as means of grace. That's what they're called. Baptism and communion are ways that grace is made tangible in our lives. What does that mean? It means that when we experience the water of our baptism, the water, the physical presence of the water reminds us that our God has the power, the grace, to wash away our sins and birth us into new life. Communion, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the bread, the cup, reminds us of the tremendous love of Christ and the sacrifice that he bore in order to set us free and gather us together to give us a place to belong. When we're talking about the breaking of bread, from a sacramental sense, we're talking about grace being made real and tangible in our lives. It wasn't just about sharing a meal. It was about sharing grace. The church, we are a people who live by grace, the God of perfect relationship, who calls us into relationship with God and with one another. What that God knows is that in order for us to be successful in our relationship, we must have grace for others, and they're going to have to have it for us. So, what does it mean for them to say that the early church broke bread together? It wasn't just that they shared a meal, it was that they shared grace. So what is the church? The church is a people who follow Jesus together with grace. And that leads us to the final descriptor. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and of course, to prayer. If God's desire for our lives involves engaging in perfect relationship, part of the equation, my friends, is communication. The early church prayed together. We will not have deep relationship with God if we're not talking with God. And we're invited to do that together over and over and over again. The scripture calls us to prayer, to cast our cares upon Christ because he cares for us. In everything, through prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. We're told over and over again to pray and over and over again to pray for each other. So, when we put all this together, what does it mean for our definition of the church? What is the church? Based on the earliest testimony about how the church functioned, here's what we could say. The church is a people who follow Jesus together with grace and prayer. That's it. That's it. The church is a group of people who follow Jesus together with grace and prayer. And when we do that, watch what happens next. Our scripture passage in verse 43 of Acts 2 this, this morning, we, today we saw this. All came upon everyone. After they had gathered to listen to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to break bread and to pray, all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. 
And all who believed were together. They had things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day they spent much time together in the temple, broke bread at home, and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. When the church did this, when the church acted as a people who followed Jesus together with grace and prayer. God did amazing things. God brought all into their lives, church. They became less selfish. The people became more committed to meeting the needs of those around them. They found goodwill. Oh, we need goodwill in this world. And God added to their numbers daily. When the church acted like it was called to act, following Jesus together with grace and prayer, God filled them with all goodwill, purpose, and added to their numbers daily. You know, sometimes we can make church really complicated. But it doesn't need to be. What kind of church is it? Is it progressive or conservative? What kind of music do they sing? What kind of programs do they have? What's the denomination? What's their stance on this thing or that thing? We can make it so complicated, but it doesn't have to be. The church, very simply, is a people who follow Jesus together with grace and prayer. And when we do those things, when we manage those things, God God, God is the one who then fills us with awe, diminishes our selfishness, increases our mission, brings forth goodwill, and adds to the number. What is the church? Simply a people who follow Jesus together through grace and prayer. I wanted to turn the corner a bit today with you and put this definition to the test a bit. Using Ebenezer as an example. Because what we're seeing right here at Ebenezer Church are a number of different ways that church is being lived out. Pastor Monica actually came up with a really great articulation conception of how this is happening and gave me permission to share it. Um, She said that there are really three components to the church that we're seeing at Ebenezer right now. The first is what's called the gathered church. This is church in 2019. This is what we are largely used to throughout our history as the church of Jesus Christ. It's the church that comes into this room and and sings praises to God and prays together, celebrates together, and hears the word together. The gathered community. Since last August, many of you have been coming back every Sunday at 945 to join in the gathered worship experience. Many are joining in small groups, mission together, 
The gathered church is what we tend to historically think of as the church. But over the course of the last year, we've seen the emergence of something else. Actually, it started three years ago. We launched our online worship platform having no idea that it would become so vital to our life as a congregation. Some folks have already chosen to come back to our in-person worship services. As restrictions lift later this year, more are probably going to do that. But there will be some folks for whom this digital experience will be their new church home. Either because of health concerns or because Ebenezer is their church, but now they live in Texas. It's going to be fascinating to see how this experience of, of digital church plays out in the future. This Christian community grows and transforms. So there's the gathered church. There's the digital church. And then there's something else. The distributed church. The distributed church. What does that mean? Well, the distributed church is the idea of having church in the places that we live and work and play with the people that we live, work, and play with. For the last year, we've been experimenting in various forms with this model. Small groups of people here at Ebenezer Church. And this summer, we are standing up a group of these small expressions called the Northern Virginia Missional Hub. You've heard both Pastor Monica and I talk about this in recent months. And since she's going to be taking leadership of this new ministry at Ebenezer, I wanted to give her a few moments to share with you about the Nova Missional Hub in her own words today. So here's Pastor Monica. Well, thank you, Pastor Rob, and hello, Ebenezer Church. It's wonderful to be with you in worship today as we are exploring the question about church. What is church? Why does it matter? Why did God choose the church? And so this morning, as Pastor Rob just mentioned, I want to share with you both an update on one of the ways that God is prompting us to do and be church here at Ebenezer, that is through the distributed and scattered church, and I also want to extend an invitation to you this morning as we begin to grow this form of church in new ways in just a couple of months. And so I'll be extending that invitation for those of you that might feel called or prompted to be and to do church in these flexible, adaptable, smaller communities um, outside of the traditional church building. So what is church? Well, our ancient creeds we profess in our ancient creeds that we believe in a church that is one, that is holy, that is Catholic, and that is apostolic. We believe that there's one true church of Jesus Christ, that that church is holy, meaning that it is set apart. I believe that, that our church is God's set apart vehicle in this world to share the gospel, to shine the light of Christ. It's set apart from everything else. That it's Catholic, meaning it's universal, and that it's apostolic. The word apostolic means sent. We believe that the church of Jesus Christ is a sent church. 
And this gathered and this distributed model that we're talking about, it's still part of one church, Church of Jesus Christ. It's still part of one Ebenezer church, part of the same body, but that we are going to take on that sent form in new and exciting and bold ways. And that is what this Northern Virginia missional hub is all about. It's about claiming the nature of the church and being willing to walk into it, especially during a time and in an era where we know no matter how well we do worship inside the building at Ebenezer, no matter how wonderful the sermons are, no matter how powerful the music or the singing is, that there are growing numbers of people that will never step inside the building. That is reality. The writing has been on the wall for decades. We cannot ignore it. And if we are to be true and faithful to our calling as the church, as disciples, then it's no doubt that God has been tapping on the shoulders of certain people and saying, I am calling you to go, to be, to do church. And so this Northern Virginia Missional Hub, which by the way, it probably won't be called that once we get up and running, we have been experimenting with doing church in our micro communities, we're calling them micro churches, that are small gatherings of people that meet in third spaces. They meet on porches, they meet in homes, they meet in restaurants and cafes. We have a group meeting in a yoga studio and they, they meet for, for regular worship, weekly worship, for discipleship, for Bible study, for fellowship, for sharing meals. And they meet to, to ask God, how can we serve you, Lord? What does that look like? This is church. It's just happening in new ways. And we're excited about it. And we've been experimenting with this for the past nine months. We also have what are, what are known as fresh expressions. And these are opportunities to connect something that you like, something that you enjoy doing in your life, be it kickball or boxing or walking your dog even. Opportunities where you are doing things in these third places where maybe you have felt God's nudge to invite maybe someone into a time of prayer or go closer to them in an invitational way to draw them into the church. But you've thought, I don't know how to do that. I want to do it, but I feel awkward. I would love to invite this person into a time of prayer, but what if they think I'm weird? Well, Fresh Expressions is a movement and an organizational capacity that, that allows, that frees up some resources um, for me as a pastor and for our leadership team to invest in people that God are calling to bring the church to in these new ways. We have a group meeting for kickball and there are dozens of people that want to come out and play kickball. That's not really church, but it certainly is an on-ramp to a community of church, it could be with some intentional discipleship and some training and some community around different people that are called into different fresh expressions to support one another. And so we have been given, we have been given permission, we have been um, been blessed by our conference to launch a new faith community still associated with Ebenezer, still part of Ebenezer, and it will be the Nova, Nova Missional Hub. Again, that name is probably a placeholder, but it will be an expression of church right here at Ebenezer that exists to empower, to equip, and to release smaller communities, micro churches, and fresh expressions. Maybe even just someone that feels 
called to pray for people at work, but they need some support and resources figuring out how to go about doing this. This campus is going to exist 100% for that purpose, to organize, equip, and release micro-communities of apostles, sent people, people that God has said, I need you to go and be and do the church. This is exciting. This is a call that God has placed on my heart uh, nearly a decade ago, and one that I have been chomping at the bit for God to say, this is the season. Well, Ebenezer family, this is the season. We have a wonderful community at Ebenezer. We are gonna live into a one church model, a church that gathers, that upholds the traditions of what has what God has done in Ebenezer, things that bring God honor and glory. And we are gonna stretch ourselves in new ways and be a church that scatters, that is distributed, that listens to God's voice. And instead of being scared of what that might mean, we are gonna figure out ways to organize and train and be the church in those third spaces. If people are not coming to us, our call to go to them doesn't diminish. The call comes from Christ. And in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18, in a conversation that Jesus has with Peter, Jesus reassures Peter and reassures us all that on this rock, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Brothers and sisters, the church is God's set-apart vehicle in this world. We are one, we are holy, we are Catholic, we are apostolic, and we are trusting God to lead us, to guide us, and to draw us closer in communion as we are going to be the church in new ways. And so if this is something that resonates with you, if this is something you want to be part of, either as a person who was part of one of these micro communities or perhaps a person that God has tapped with a very specific vision or location or idea, I would like to invite you into one of two informational sessions um, that we will be holding. The first will be on Wednesday, March 24th at 7 p.m. And the second will be part on Sunday, March 28th at 11 a.m. March 24th, 7 p.m., it's a Wednesday night or Sunday the 28th at 11 a.m. You can find more information about that on our website. Feel free to contact me or contact the church. And we will be standing up our launch team um, later this spring as we gather a community from Ebenezer who are committed to doing church in this way. Don't be scared. Trust that God is in the movement. Trust that God will hold us together. And I hope to see you at one of these informational sessions if you're interested. And please know that training will be provided along the way and that we will be doing this together and that you will never be alone. God bless, friends, and I look forward to a time where we will see each other in person again soon. Thank you, Reverend. Over these recent weeks, as we've encountered the question of the big picture, we've talked about the nature of God, that God is perfect relationship in God's own self. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in that divine dance so precise. The three are one. This could be a a model for trying to understand how the church lives out its future at Ebenezer. Three pieces. The gathered church. People who come together in, in this room and rooms like it to sing praises to God and and worship and hear the word proclaimed to do mission together and small groups together. That's going to keep going. 
the digital church. Folks who are gathered together across screens, across the world, for worship, for small groups, but then living out their mission in the context of their daily lives, wherever they find themselves. And then finally, the distributed church, which gathers weekly for worship, for study, for mission, and once a month comes together in large group form. Three different ways of being the church, and yet, yet, sharing in that common definition, people who follow Jesus together with grace and prayer. So if you feel called to gather, gather. We're meeting every Sunday here, 9.45 a.m. You're welcome. If you feel called to digital church, do it. You feel called to be part of this new distributed church, the Nova Missional Hub. Get involved with that. How we embody being the body of Jesus Christ, it can differ. But what we learn from the early church is our guide. We are a people who follow Jesus together with grace and prayer. And when we do that, our God will make everything else happen. Amen.